0: Praise to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Good morning and welcome once again to Lovejoy as we gather to worship this morning. Before we get into it today, let us look at the ongoing events that are listed in your bulletin. You'll see that we have choir tonight at 5 o'clock. Uh, be prepared to run through it tw- the cantata twice tonight. Uh, so be prepared for that. Uh, Methodist men, December 8th at 6.30. Uh, Methodist women uh, on December 12th are having the Christmas dinner at 6.30. There is a sign-up sheet in the back. Uh, we need to know how many are coming or a rough number of how many are coming so we can let Tommies know how they are catering it for us. We want to make sure we have enough food for that. Uh, You'll see that we are continuing the Bible study in a year Uh, We are doing that on Wednesdays at 6.30 Uh, We will not have a study this week because it is Thanksgiving Uh, So we will be meeting next week uh, at 6.30 You'll see that the United Methodist men are doing a Boston butt sale on December 16th It is $40 per per butt Uh, Tickets are on sale now Dixie has the tickets So if you would like to buy one, you can buy Uh, She's also looking for some people to help sell uh, so if you're willing to go out and sell uh, these Boston butts, please uh, see her and she will give you some tickets to, go, to take with you to do that. Uh, you'll see we have an informational meeting today at 6. Uh, and then the Hanging of the Green Service is next Sunday, and I do have a volunteer that has taken that up. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, Lynn is doing our Christmas play this year, uh, which we are so grateful for. Uh, So if you're willing to help out with that and be a part of that, go talk to her. Uh, We're shooting for December 18th, uh, 6 or 6.30. We haven't quite locked that down yet, but that will be December 18th uh, when that will happen. So please uh, see Lynn to to be a part of that. Uh, Are there any other announcements? I think I got them all. Wonderful, yonderful. So the women are making desserts for that. So for the women, make sure you, you, you make a good dessert. I know they're all good anyway, so we'll be thankful for that. Any others? Well, seeing no others this morning, let us turn in our bulletins this morning and let us pray the opening prayer together. So let us pray. Tender Shepherd, you gather us here to dwell in your love and grace. You comfort and guide us. You heal and redeem us. As we sing your songs of praise, send your light into our lives. As we commit ourselves to the ways of Christ, our guide, ruler, and savior, bless us with your presence. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Let us sing our song of preparation, It Is Well With My Soul, 377. be seated. Let us turn this morning into our bulletins and let us pray the prayer of confession together this morning as it is printed. So let us pray. Jesus Christ, Son of God, forgive the time we have forgotten you, the times we have turned away from you, the times we have laughed at you, the times we have ignored the needs of our brothers and sisters, Bring us close once more, that we might dwell in your redeeming love. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Brothers and sisters, siblings in Christ, rejoice, for Christ's love and forgiveness is for you. Amen. We now take time to lift up our joys and concerns so that we can celebrate and pray with one another and for one another. This morning we do have a few names to make sure we lift up. Uh, That would be uh, Derek Hunsucker's family, so Anita and Kyle and Jimmy and all of them we need to remember in our prayers. Uh, Faye Russell, uh, the Raleigh parade, the little girl and the family that uh, was uh, killed yesterday in that, uh, lift that family up. Uh, and the, uh, those who have been affected by both the Idaho shootings and the Colorado shootings, um, we need to lift them up this morning. Are there any others that we need to add to the list this morning? Seeing no others, let us go to the Lord in prayer. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we once again come to you. We come gathered as your body, we come gathered as siblings in Christ. And Lord, we come with heavy hearts, we come with sorrows, we come with worries we come with brokenness to you lord we have this list of names that is before us and lord we seem to keep adding more and more to it so lord this morning bring your peace and your comfort bring your healing and your grace and your mercy Lord, we bring our praises also. We bring our thanksgivings that we get to come gather together in this place. A place that has heat. A place that has purpose. A place that we know the Holy Spirit has been and is and will always be. So, Lord, we are thankful for this day. We are thankful for every breath we take. So, Lord, bless us. Keep us. Hold us up. And help us to be the people that you have called us to be. So, Lord, this morning as we have come to this place to pray, to worship, to sing, Lord, we come and join the voices of, of those who are gathered this morning and of those who have gathered in the years before and in the company of heaven, we join in the unending prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily give us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen as we uh, have our offering this morning and as the basket is coming forward let us stand and sing the doxology <laughs> you gave us the gift of yourself. Now we offer these gifts to you, asking that you bless them and use them to share your kingdom with all. In your name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Our New Testament lesson this morning comes from Colossians. Chapter 1, verses 10 through 20, um, the lectionary had shifts it back 1, and I, I misread it. So we're, going, we're starting at verse 10 uh, and going through 20. So hear now what the Colossians has to say. We're praying this so that you can live lives that are worthy of the Lord and pleasing to Him in every way, by producing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God by being strengthened through his glorious might so that you endure everything and have patience, and by giving thanks with joy to the Father. He made it so you could take part in the inheritance in light granted to God's holy people. He rescued us from the control of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. He set us free through the Son And forgave our sins. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the one who is first over all creation. Because all things were created by Him, both in the heavens and on the earth, the things that are visible and the things that are invisible, whether they are thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created through Him and for Him. He existed before all things, and all things are held together in Him. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the one who is firstborn from among the dead, so that He might occupy the first place in everything. Because of all the fullness of God was pleased to live in Him, and He reconciled all things to Himself through Him, whether things on earth or in the heavens, He brought peace through the blood of his cross. And our uh, gospel lesson today comes from the gospel according to Luke. Luke chapter 23, verses uh, 33 through 43. So verses 33 through 43 this morning. Let us hear now what Luke has to say. When they arrived at the place called the Skull, They crucified him, along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. They drew lots as a way of dividing up his clothing. The people were standing around watching, but the leaders sneered at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he really is the Christ sent from God, the Chosen One. The soldiers also mocked him. They came up to him offering him sour wine and saying, If you really are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Above his head was a notice of the formal charge against him. It read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging next to Jesus insulted him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. Responding, the other criminal spoke harshly to him. Don't you fear God, seeing that you've also been sentenced to die? We are rightly condemned, for we are receiving the appropriate sentence for what we did. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said, Jesus... Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus replied, I assure you that today you will be with me in paradise. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord God, as we have come to this place, speak to us. Let our ears hear, let our hearts feel, and let our minds gain knowledge. So may the words of your servant's mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It is the end of the year according to the Christian calendar. And the last Sunday that we always celebrate is Christ the King or Reign of Christ Sunday. So today we come with this this message from Luke talking about Jesus' crucifixion. But what does it really mean to call Christ the King? We don't understand what being under a king's rule is all about. We've all lived our lives under the rule of governance by the people. We get to make choices on who uh, goes to Washington. We get to make choices on who sits in the legislative branch. We get to make choices of who makes the laws. But under a kingship, the king makes and does everything. He has a panel of advisors that that he consults, but the king ultimately makes the rules and the laws and also governs the rights of the people. So what is it to be under the rule of Christ, under the kingship of Christ? Well, it is giving complete control of all that we have and even our very lives to Christ. That we trust Christ, will take care of our needs, that Christ will act in our best interest, that Christ is in control and we are not. That's hard to do in this day and age of giving up control of one's life. We're we're used to having control. We're used to being able to make our own decisions to decide what we want to do and what we don't want to do. But as Christians, as followers of Christ and seeing Christ as the Lord and Savior, as the King, We have to release that control to God. It's hard to let go. It's hard to relinquish control. So how does it make you feel? Is it comforting or challenging in letting go of control? Let's think a little bit about This control. If Jesus is king, then why doesn't Jesus make everything right? Perhaps Jesus' sense of power and what is right is vastly different from our own. If Jesus is king, then there is no ethical or theological justification for not following his way of love and forgiveness. If Christ is king, We have to allow Christ to rule. So let's look at this passage this morning. First thing we have is a setup of the scene Jesus has been taken to the place of the skull, he is now hanging on the cross. We've already gone through the brutality of what got him to this point. And then there's a criminal on his left and a criminal on his right. They are there because they were dissenters. They are there because of what they had done. But here we have a king. See, a king should not be up on a cross. A king was considered to have money and power, so they would never end up there. But yet Jesus is hanging on the cross and sees those who have put him there and he asks, God, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Father, forgive them. Jesus, hanging on the cross, Struggling for every breath that he has, looks to God and asks for forgiveness for those that put him in that very place. And the violence that he endured to get there does not stop. The leaders begin to make fun and scoff him. They say things like he saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Messiah of God, the Chosen One. And Jesus could have done it. He had the army of angels at his service. Yet Jesus hangs on a cross and prays, Father, forgive them. The soldiers are down below Mocking him, if you're a king of the Jews, save yourself. With an inscription above him that says, the king of the Jews. They derive him. They call him a blasphemer. They say things, are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But yet, Jesus stays on the cross, trusting in his faith in the Father, in God, and trust in God's plan. And then it gets a little tricky. It gets a little tricky because we have these two that are hanging beside him that by admission of one is they're supposed to be there. They're supposed to be hanging there as a symbol, as a recognition of the Roman government telling others, don't be like these two. Don't be robbers and thieves and murderers. See, Rome used the cross to publicly tell people that if you go against us, here's what's going to happen. They could have been as simple as protesters against the Roman Empire. Those who were stirring trouble up against the Roman government. Those who were telling the truth about what the Roman Empire really does, but doesn't want anybody to know. These two could be seeking Jewish liberation. We don't know what their crimes against Rome was, but we know that their crimes, according to the Roman government, deserve the punishment of the cross. But if we look at what Jesus was doing, the criminals were doing was not that much different. Jesus was protesting against the Roman Empire and any other empire or government that sought to put man in the place as God. Jesus was against the obsessive and abusive treatment of the Jews. Jesus was against the injustice that was being brought to the people. Jesus was seeking liberation in favor of the kingdom of God. Jesus was a criminal according to Rome and the leaders of the Jewish faith. We can't forget that they're the ones who brought up the charges to Pontius Pilate. Yet he's called the king of the Jews king has power has money has influence and here the king our Lord hangs on a cross the first criminal mocks him but the second criminal says that they are getting what they deserve and Jesus had done nothing wrong but Jesus was not innocent Jesus went against the synagogue. Jesus went against the Roman Empire for what they were doing to the people. Jesus is guilty of sedition for teaching and preaching about the kingdom of God. For saying that the kingdom of God is more powerful than the Roman Empire. And Rome did not like that. So Jesus is being put to death the way that most protesters were. Public crucifixion on a hill where everyone could see. On a hill that was right along the main path into the city. We have one criminal that wants salvation in their life and the other wants salvation in the next. But neither of them quite get it. Because Jesus is the way to both. Jesus is the way to salvation in this life and salvation in the next. And it didn't say that Jesus said just to the one that asked, Remember me when you go to paradise. Jesus, on the cross, looked at both criminals and anyone that could hear and says, Truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Hanging on the cross, Jesus was offering forgiveness. And mercy and grace, and telling them that they're welcome in His kingdom. Now, the kingdom of God tells us to give of yourself to offer forgiv- forgiveness, forgiveness to offer forbearance, restraint, and tolerance to offer patience and empathy. Yet, the kingdom of the world. Tells us a lot of the time to save yourself. It often beats and mocks and humiliates those who live in it. There is anger and there is vengeance and there's outrage. But we are to live by the kingdom of God. The Pulpit Fiction Podcast. Ask the question, what is the kingdom of God like? Well, we just read the scriptures. It says, Bless those who persecute you and curse you. It talks of a wasteful son returning to a father's loving arms, a shepherd searching for one lost sheep, a weed grown in a garden to provide shelter for the birds. A rich man's feast opened to the poor and the lame. Nancy Lynn Westfield says this, We would rather have had Jesus say that God loves the people we like and the people we say we are like, and that God does not love the people we do not like and the people we say are not like us. We would prefer if God did not love the crackheads and the addicts, the adulterers, the thieves, the prostitutes, the rebellious teenagers, and the disgruntled employees. We would prefer it if paradise were exclusively for the nice people, the clean people, the polite people, the well-behaved people, the right people. The kingdom of God does not exclude anyone. And Jesus is the forgiver and the reconciler. He is a protester of injustice and oppression, He is a rebel for the kingdom of God, He's a troublemaker. Jesus reminds us that the kingdom is not exclusive, but inclusive. That all are worthy. That all have a past, but grace and mercy have no memory. That reconciliation with God through Christ leads to liberation. Those who have been persecuted, those who have suffered injustices over the years have seen Jesus as the one who can bring them out of that. Jesus is the one who brings the world together in a different way. In a way that is not about your past, not about who you are in the world, not about your beliefs or your faith, but as siblings As children of God. Christ is the King. He is our Lord. He is our Savior. But do people see that in our lives? Do people see that we are willing to give up control, that we are willing to let others in, that we are willing to let other people have a say, that we are willing to work together in spite of our differences? Jesus is hanging on a cross. To reconcile the world. A king. The son of man. The son of God. The one who had armies of angels. That he only had to say come. And they would lift him off the cross. But yet he stayed. And prayed father forgive them. They know not what they do. How much does this world need that forgiveness? We are followers of Christ. Christ sits in heaven, whispering to the Holy Spirit to come down and tell us how we are supposed to be to give us guidance, to move us forward in our faith and in leading God's people. Calling us to be the hands and the feet. Calling us to fight injustice and oppression. Calling us to forgive and to reconcile. Calling us to guide people Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, the King, the one who has all the control. We must surrender to the King. We must understand what it is to be under. Christ as the King. So how can we be an agent of Christ the King? How can we be an agent of forgiveness and reconciliation in the midst of a great division? How can we give complete control of all that we have including our lives to Christ. It's not a lot that he's asking for. Just everything. Everything that has been given to us God is asking us to use to glorify the kingdom. To put our treasures in heaven and not in this world. To bring God's kingdom here, now, in a way that makes a difference in someone's life. This community here may not be able to change the world, But if we change one person's life, one person's life, then heaven celebrates, and so should we. So as we prepare for the next thing that is to come, which is the birth that we celebrate, As we move through the season of Advent and move up to celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, today we talk about the death that comes, death that comes of being Christ the King, the death that comes as being followers of Christ. how are we going to give control how do we relinquish control to our Lord and Savior to our Father in Heaven I don't have the answer but together together we can work towards the kingdom And show that Christ is King. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our song of invitation this morning is Crown Him with Many Crowns. Let us stand and sing number 327. As we depart this place this day, I want to let you know that I did find out this week uh, that uh, in the move at the end of the year, I will be going out to Oak Island and serving as the associate at Ocean View UMC um, out that direction. Uh, so I just wanted to let you all know that we are have a landing place, uh, and we are grateful for that. So as we depart, let us receive this benediction. May God lead us along paths of loving kindness. May Christ guide our feet in the ways of peace. And may the Spirit send us forth to love and serve others. May the forces of evil become confused on the way to your house.